Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Bible Center with Victor Jackson. Thank you guys so much for joining. Uh, God has been doing some uh, special things, and I'm so thankful to be on this journey uh, with each and every one of you. Uh, to those that have subscribed and have been able to listen to uh, my book, A Word to the Broken, uh, on audio, um, uh, that's going exclusively to the subscribers. I've been getting some great feedback on that, uh, and uh, it's it's been a blessing. Uh, thank you for your feedback with that. Uh, to those who speak Spanish or have any Spanish friends, those that have subscribed, we do have Spanish episodes uh, available. And uh, I'm just thankful to be on this journey uh, with you guys. The book has been doing well. Thank you for all the ratings and reviews. Um, Lives are being changed, more importantly. Um, the people have been touched by God uh, through this medium. And uh, I'm just, we got some exciting updates to give you with that as well. Uh, today is going to be a, a different episode uh, because I, I want to focus on something that's very important to the heart of God and something that I believe all of us need to work on. And that, that is something called rest. So I'm going to go to Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 13. Six days thou shalt labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thine maidservant, nor thine ox, nor thine donkey, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And let's, let's, look, listen to what he says in verse 15. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by an outstretched arm, Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Uh, this is God speaking about the command to rest, that there is a day in the week that he commanded the children of Israel to rest. And in our culture, Western culture, it is, it is so easy to lose sight of the need for our bodies to mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually rest. Uh, fatigue is a sign of us being human. Um, to, to sweat is a sign of humanity. To, to feel tired is a reminder that we're not God. Not only that, but the Bible says that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. So sleep is a sign of our inferior nature to divinity. God doesn't sleep because he's God. We need to sleep because we're not God. So rest and sleep is a constant reminder that we 
are not divine, and He is divine. It really, rest is a is a is a is a point of glorifying God as Creator. It is a point of trust. It's really saying, "I trust you, God." And he commanded them to work six days and rest the seventh because you have to trust that without your hands doing anything, that God's hands is doing something. That, yes, you sowed the seed, but the seventh day you are trusting that God's going to grow it. That we have, it is a reminder, it is a point of reflection that, that we are not God. And... God gave us the biblical pattern whenever he created the world because he he rested on the seventh day. Not because he needed to rest, but he sanctified that day. He created the world in six days, but he chose the seventh day to rest, to sanctify that day. There is something holy about resting because it is a reminder that he is God. And that if anything is going to grow or develop in our lives, it's not going to be uh, only because of our efforts, or because of our ability. But one man sows, another waters, but God alone gives the increase. Rest is a reminder that God alone gives the increase. Yes, I, yes, you're working the job nine to five, but God is the one that's going to take care of you. That's what rest does. Rest is a reminder that, you know what, God's going to take care of me. I'm not going to stress out. He said, look at the lilies. Look, look at how they, they toil not. He said, look at the birds of the air. They, they, the, look how they gather food. He says, if God takes care of these sparrows, if, if God clothed the grass, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the fire, he said, how much more shall he take care of you, O ye of little faith? He says, the very hairs of your head are numbered. Rest is a reminder that God's got this. God's got it. Somebody just needs to breathe that's listening to this episode. God's got it. God's got it. That, that He said, no matter how much you strain, you can't turn any of your hairs gray. You can't, you can't make one hair gray, one hair black. He said, you, you can't do that. He said, he said, why are you putting these heavy burdens on your shoulders that are only sufficient for God to carry? Somebody listening right now just needs to breathe. God's got it. Rest. And he had to command them to rest because he said, remember how you were in Egypt? You were a servant in the land of Egypt. He said, what he's telling them is they didn't have any rest days. What he's showing them here is that rest is a sign of freedom. My goodness. Rest is a, is a symptom of you not being in bondage. That they had to work every day of the week. He said, remember how you were in Egypt. You were a servant. He said, but now that you're coming into the promised land, he said, he said rest and remember. Remember what God has done. And he says, notice that God did it with an outstretched arm, meaning that there's nothing within the Israelites that caused their freedom. They didn't bring the plague of flies. They didn't bring the plague of lice. They didn't bring the plague of fire. They didn't bring the plague of, of the 
water becoming blood. They didn't bring the plague of the frogs. They didn't bring the plague of of the death angel coming to their doors. They were not responsible for any of that. See, that's what rest does. Rest lets you know that my health is not because of how great I work out or how amazing I am in my regiment. God is keeping me healthy. I'm I'm prosperous not because of my ability, my intellect or anything like that. It's because God is prospering me. Yes, there is man involvement, but there is God involvement. And so, yes, for six days, I'm going to work like it all depends on me. But the seventh day, I'm going to remember that it all depends on God. And that's a good reminder. We, 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 we have talked about how some people think that the greatest way to climb a mountain is to climb that mountain nonstop. And that is not the best way to climb a mountain. Um, the best way to climb a mountain is to take it in stages. And at each stage, you rest, you eat, you sleep, allow your body to acclimate to the climate. Look at how far you've come. Be refreshed when you consider how far you come and never losing sight of the peak, continue the journey. And, and the best way to climb a mountain is to take it in stages. There has to be rest on the journey. You will be worn out and not reach your destination if you keep on that mountain nonstop. It's the same thing with life. Life is not a nonstop journey. There has to be some points on your journey where you rest, you eat, you sleep, you enjoy your family. Enjoy family. That is how you successfully climb a mountain and reach your destination. That is the secret to longevity. I'm ministering to somebody listening right now about the secret to longevity. The secret to longevity is making sure you take time to rest. Now, you don't rest just to rest. No, rest is rest when you rest from work. So it doesn't mean you're sleeping all day, every day. You're not doing anything. Oh, I'm resting. No, rest is only rest when you rest from work, when you rest from a forward journey. Now, people like to say this. They like to say, well, Brother Jackson, what I've learned in life is, is, is I, I never want to be content. I, I never want to be, be content. I never want to be satisfied. I never want to be content. Well, I'm going to say something here that that is not biblical. I'm going to help you. Paul said, in every state I'm in, I've learned to be content content to be happy. Oh, say, so you're deciding to, that you never want to be happy. He said, I've learned to abound. I've learned to be a base. He said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. When he, he, he says that Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. He's talking about, about how he's learned to be content, abounding and being a base but the source of his strength is not in himself, but it's in Christ. I can do all things through Christ. I can be content in the valley and in the mountain through Christ, not through my mental capacity, not through my philosophical persuasions, 
but in Christ. And so I want to tell you, because there's something that's been confused here that I want to highlight, and that is contentment is not complacency. What people really want to say is, I never want to get complacent. And I understand that, that desire. But to say, I never want to be content, that's not good. See, contentment is not complacency. So let's use the mountain illustration. So at each stage on a mountain, you want to take some rest. Contentment is building a tent on that stage of rest, on that mountain. Never losing sight of the peak but having a necessary tent to continue on your journey. Contentment is building a tent. Oh, I like that. Contentment, that is building a tent. Oh, I, 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 I like that. I, I'm, a word, I'm a word guy. Um, it's building a tent on that stage in the journey. Complacency is building a house there. Complacency is building a house on that stage in your journey, losing sight of the peak, losing sight of the destination, saying, I've come far enough. Contentment builds a tent, not losing sight of the journey, refreshing, rejoicing over how far you've come, continuing on with the journey. Complacency is, you know what? I've come far enough. I'm building a brick house here and I'm not going any further because, listen, I made it. But contentment, is biblical. And we have to learn no matter what stage stage we are in life to live and operate from a place of contentment. Because my contentment is not in my destination. My contentment is in my God. My contentment is in Christ. And it's in Christ that I'm able to walk on this journey. And so rest is trust. I, I, I work hard. I, I've been going nonstop. I, I've been going nonstop. I've been, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on uh, releasing uh, a word to the broken in Spanish uh, to you. Uh, I'm, uh, we, we went into a, a new facility, 852-seat uh, auditorium, uh, a lot of setup and breakdown that goes on with that. I thank God for my team. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without my team. Um, uh, uh, with the podcast, with the episodes, with, for the subscribers, uh, with the counseling, with the hospital visits, uh, with, I mean, I, I can go on and on and on that, you know, I've been going, uh, literally, um, nonstop, uh, the infrastructure of the Spanish church, the infrastructure of the English church, um, the things that we are we are building and that we're working on that we're trying to critique and get better at, um, it's it's a nonstop journey. But I understand that just as biblical as me working is that I have to take some time to rest. So you know, this week you know we're resting. You know, me and my family we're resting. That's one thing about my son. My son enjoys uh, how I work and how hard I work and how I work hard because he knows that dad already has scheduled some time to rest. When we traveled on 220 flights a year for a decade, every quarter we did a family vacation for at least a week, every quarter. For years we did that. We never went 
more than three months without a family vacation. Every November, me and my wife took an anniversary vacation. I take I took her to Paris using my points, took her to Paris twice. Y'all, y'all got to pray for me because, listen, y'all, I took my wife to Paris for our six-year anniversary. After we went to Paris for our six-year anniversary, it dawned on me. How do I top that? I should have waited to like the 15-year anniversary, 20-year anniversary, 25-year. I took her to Paris on the sixth-year anniversary, so the next year I had to take her again. So I was like, oh, my goodness. I set the bar. I set the bar entirely, entirely too too high. But we used all of our points. We would store up all of our points for the year, and so we would be able to go to Paris, go to Europe, go to Geneva, uh, go to Italy, um, you know, using those points. But my wife, when we traveled, my wife was never tired. I was never tired. My son was never tired because we had strategically planned our rest. We didn't preach out in the week. We would always come home every every Monday, no matter what. We would come home every every Monday. We would be home for that entire week. We were always rested, and it enabled us to do our ministry effectively. We were never, uh, we never felt tired or, or, or like, oh my goodness, like here we go again. It's because we prioritize rest. And what we understood about rest is that it allowed us to be better ministers. It, it allowed us to operate effectively in our ministry. And so in pastoring, it's the same concept. Yes, we're gonna push it, we're gonna do, things, but we are going to still plan out those times to make sure we rest as a family, because when we're rested as a family, we are better for our people. And and no one wants a worn out pastor or worn out pastor's wife or a worn out family. And so we have to understand that the world doesn't rise and fall on us. It rises and falls on God and that we are not God and that we are human and that we are flesh and our rest shows our trust in our God. And so rest is critical. It, it, people that work like, you know, and, and it's amazing because because I was executive platinum with American Airlines, um, I, I was a part of a group on Facebook with all the top flyers. I, I, me, my wife, and son were in the top 1% of American Airlines flyers. Uh, so we were all in that group. My, my son, since two years old, was executive platinum with American Airlines. Um, and what they would say when COVID happened, I'll never forget this. One of the guys, when COVID happened, they shut down all the flights. And a lot of these guys would fly to Hong Kong, uh, fly to um, um, uh, China, fly to all types of places. And I'll never forget what they said because this is the first time they had been shut down in their entire business of traveling. And they said, this is the first time in 16 years that I'm spending the entire week with my family. Guys, that's not healthy. And this guy's divorced and, you know, it's not healthy. It's not healthy to uh, never be with your family. And the thing about, uh, you know, the blessing of America is that America is very innovative and America has a, an amazing work ethic. Uh, 
But the issue is that that work ethic, they do that even to the expense of family. And so where work ethic is glorified and being uh, a good husband or a good father or a good mother and a good wife, those things are are not really glorified. Those things are, are considered uh, to be pastimes, but uh, work ethic and the grind is promoted over having a healthy, stable home. I, I want to tell everyone listening right now is that nothing should replace a healthy and stable home. Being a good dad is important. Uh, being a good mom is important. Being a good wife, being a good husband is important. And and um, keeping that family life in order, having some vacation time, it's that that is good. That is healthy. Uh, having a vacation, um, uh, having days as a family where you're not working on anything or working on the house, but just uh, just just uh, spending time with each other, playing a card game, playing 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 family games together, uh, going enjoy somewhere together. Um, you know. The, the, these are all healthy things. I remember there was a conference that I was going to do, several thousands of people. I've been praying and fasting for it. And the week before the conference, uh, after doing intense study, you know, I'm spending 10 hours in a Starbucks uh, reading my Bible, you know, uh, three to five hours in prayer. You know, I, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm spending, I mean, I'm burning, I'm burning the oil, you know, in the midnight. And I remember it's about a week before this conference and the Lord spoke to me and said, Victor, I don't want you to, to read this week. I don't want you to pray to me about the conference this week. He said, I, I don't want you doing any in-depth reading. He said, all I want you to do is spend time with your family. This was the week before uh, a, a, large, a large gathering. He said, all I want you to do is spend time with your family. And you know what I did? That's exactly what I did. I spent time with my family. I didn't open up, I didn't open up anything. I didn't open up any in-depth reading. I didn't do any of that. All I did was spend time with my wife and son. And when I got to that meeting, I was very refreshed and I can hear the voice of God very clear because I obeyed him to rest. So just like I obeyed him to work, I obeyed him to rest. And if I would have kept working when he told me to rest, I would be working in disobedience. And so it's it's good to obey God and get to work, and it's good to obey God and rest. As a matter of fact, there are some negative consequences when we don't take time to rest. And 2 Chronicles chapter 36 and... Uh, and verse uh, 19, look what it says. One of the consequences of the children of Israel not obeying God. Here it is. Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 19. And they burnt the house of God and break down the wall of Jerusalem and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. Verse 21, listen to this. 
to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept Sabbath to fulfill three score in 10 years. You have to listen to this. God gave a command not only for the people to rest, but he gave a command to have their land rest. You see, farmers understand that if they're going to get the best crop, that there's a time to till and then there's a time to let the land rest. And for the 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 fruitfulness and the ripeness of that of that of that vegetable or that fruit it's only going to come if you have a period of time where that part of the land rests so god gave commandments in his word to make sure the land keeps the sabbath to work the land this many years but on this year do not touch the land because the land needs to rest so what God is saying here in 2 Chronicles chapter 36, that one of the reasons why he allowed them to go into captivity is because they would not allow the land to rest. They wouldn't allow the land to keep their Sabbaths. They kept on working the land when the land was supposed to rest. So he said, the only way for the land to rest is for 70 years, you go into captivity and that land lay desolate. Because he said one of the biggest reasons why I'm, I'm bringing you into captivity was not only because of your disobedience, but because you wouldn't allow the land to keep her Sabbaths. You wouldn't allow it to rest. And the only way to get it to rest is to bring you into captivity. It's a profound concept because of the crops and the land was being hurt by people nonstop tilling it without giving it time to rest. If it's like that for land, how is it for us where we lose that edge? How many of you know that when you get tired, you get quick-tempered? When you get tired, you get more edgy. When you get tired, you can operate more out of character. It's your body sending a signal to you to rest. It's your body sending a signal to you to rest. The Bible says that Jesus... In Mark chapter 6, verse 31, that after a, a time of ministry, that he would tell the disciples, he would tell them in Mark chapter 6 and verse 31, and he said unto them, Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. You see, Jesus understood that even while he's working in his ministry and being effective in his ministry, he understood the biblical role that rest played. So he would make sure even after working a ministry to come apart into the desert and rest a while. And them resting was just as biblical as them casting out devils. Them resting was just as biblical as them healing the lame man, healing the blinded eyes and the unstopping the deaf ears. Rest was a part of the journey. And any assignment that you're called to, make sure you spend some time resting. There's some people listening here that are traveling. They're traveling to work and everything like that. I'm going to ask you when you get home, spend some time with your family. Put the phone down. Put the phone down. Turn off, turn off whatever. Turn off the series. 
turn off the, the sports and spend some time with your wife. Spend some time with your husband. Spend some time with your kids. Ask them some questions because what rest does is it helps us to reflect and remember and appreciate the things in life. It's what Ecclesiastes says. He says, man, a, works, a man works all, all his life, but he says, but at the end, he discovers his vanity because you're spending all this time working for other, other people when, when your child's wanting you to throw the football with them or your child's wanting to tell you about their performance. There, there, there is, I'm telling you, there's greater things in life than money. There's greater things in life than, than, uh, than the, the day-to-day mundane working nine to five. There's more to life than that. And people were talking about a certain actor, how he had a stroke. And so he had a stroke. This is a famous actor. If I were to say his name, you would know his name. This is a famous actor. Um, and this famous actor has a stroke but they're in the closing of his uh, his movie. They had like nine days left. Instead of waiting for him to recover, they use a stunt double. And so they're coming out with the thought of, listen, if a famous actor that everybody knows, his job moves on without him, we have to serve that as a reminder that our job is going to move on without us as well. So we have to take time to appreciate our family and our friends that God has put into our life. One of, one of the greatest regrets in my life was, was traveling um, for basketball for age 11, 11 to 19. I would travel so much for, the amateur athletic union, I would travel so much. I would never be home. I would never be home. I would, I would never get to spend time. I would never get to spend time with my sisters. Um, it was an independent household. We didn't know what was going on in each other's lives, but I was always gone. I was always gone. And as an athlete, you justify it you know, uh, because you justify it because you're like, well, I'm not here now, uh, but, uh, I'm going to make a bunch of money and I'm going to buy you guys houses and I'm going to do this for y'all. But, but I was missing birthdays. I was missing funerals. I I was missing weddings. I, I was missing all of these things in my family's life, uh, because of the pursuit of a dream. And, Looking back on it, I I regret that wholeheartedly. NBA players have to deal with it. They're always gone training. You know, they're missing funerals. Uh, One NBA coach came out and said he missed 10 funerals this year. He said he missed 10 funerals of his family this year because he said that he wanted to make sure they made it to the playoffs and they had lost six games in a row. And he didn't want them, he didn't want to miss the playoffs. So he missed 10 funerals. But at the end of it all, does it really matter? Does it does it really matter that much to miss 10 funerals of family 
to make sure you make it to the playoffs. And they made it and, and they were, they were eliminated. Um, and was it really worth it? Will you remember this season? I think you're going to remember those faces more than you remember a season. And I don't, I don't condemn him and I don't, I'm not speaking negatively you know, about him in that regard. I understand it because I lived that life. I understand it. But I'm saying, looking back, I regret it. Ages 11 to 19. And looking back, I'm telling you, that coach is going to regret it. Because there is something about rest that makes you remember and appreciate the finer things in life. And nothing can replace family. Nothing can replace friendship. Nothing can replace those authentic things. And those things are worth investing in. Just like you invest in your job, it's good to invest in those relationships and those friendships. And I know, I know, you, you know, everyone has to work. I know someone's always competing to take you out of your job. I understand that. But at least take a day out of the week where you rest and, and reflect. That, that's what I'm asking for in this in this podcast episode, Jesus, God in the flesh, how you knew he was hundred percent God and hundred percent man. You knew that he was man because he took time to sleep. Jesus went to sleep on a boat that showed that he was human. Him asleep in the boat shows his humanity. Him causing the storm to cease shows his divinity. You saw his humanity and you saw his divinity in one passage, he's asleep, he awakes, he says, peace be still. But even God, when he came to earth, took time to rest. And I think you should rest. Your, your performance is going to be better when you rest. Most athletes, most professional athletes, they take a nap before their game because they know their body is at, is at a better state whenever they rest. Your body replenishes itself. Your cells replenishes itself when you rest. As a matter of fact, if you were to go to the gym every day but not get good sleep, your muscles wouldn't grow. Your muscles cannot grow without sleep. So no matter what type of progression you're making and lifting weights, your, your muscles can't even develop without proper rest. And so, so, no matter how hard you're working, if you don't have that rest, you're really not growing and developing as you would like. So schedule that time to rest biblically. And, and the issue is, is that, you know, without rest, they say one of the greatest things that causes diseases in the body is that when people don't get sleep, when people don't get rest, it causes these stressors, this stress, what they call the silent killer. And that stress starts triggering different things in the body. Um, sleep, rest is, is critical. And remember, rest is only rest if you rest from work. So I'm not saying, uh, I'm not saying here to just sleep all day. And, and be and be lazy. I'm not saying that. Rest is only rest from work. So it's when you take a break. 
Schedule some vacation time with your family. Schedule some family time. It's healthy. You're not being lazy. That's one of the toughest things when you're resting is you feel like you're being lazy. That is one of the toughest things. It takes me about about four days to really start winding down because I feel like I need to be doing something. And and it's amazing that about that fourth or fifth day that I started realizing, like, oh, my goodness, I actually really needed this. There's somebody listening right now. You really need to take a break with your family. Go, go, go eat some lunch. Go, go do something together. Go do some putt-putt golf. Go, go and just take a break. If your phone is a distraction, leave your phone in the car. That's, that's literally what I do, do now. I, I leave my phone when I'm on uh, vacation with family. I'll leave my phone in the room until later uh, because I know I won't be able to focus if I have my phone with me. And, and, and my phone's on silent. My phone's been on silent for like seven years. And if I can get distracted with a silent phone, I think you can get distracted with a ringing phone. And so I'm going to ask you to take up that, um, that challenge today and have some rest. Summer's coming. Schedule some time this summer to rest. Some of you have so much PTO, so much paid time off. Like you could take off for like two months and get paid taking off those two months. My mom, my mom's one of the hardest workers I know. When I was growing up, she worked like three jobs. And she provided a roof over our, our head. But let me tell you, uh, some of those relationships with her her kids, you know, the those things suffered because she was gone working all the time. And so we're all we're striving to emotionally develop and 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 develop in that house. And, and we did, thank God. Uh, but my mom had to do what she had to do to put a roof over our head. And we're grateful and we're thankful for it. But what I am saying is that uh, we did suffer some things because of it. And, and thankfully, you know, the family's intact. You know, all of my sisters are doing well. I'm so proud of them. So proud of my sisters, how, how well they're doing. Uh, I have a sister that, you know, has her doctorate in dentistry from LSU. She has her own practice. Um, I have an, another sister who, after years of praying, her her dream was to become a, a mother. And after years of trying, she became a mother. And she's an, an amazing mom. I have another sister that's doing... Uh, uh, like software engineering and working hard uh, and just amazing young lady. And, and I, I love my sisters and, and we're doing well, but they all wish that mom could have been around a little bit more because it would have helped in their development. Thankfully, we're all together. We're all close and we're able to redeem the time. First thing I did what, when we got settled in Orlando is I made sure I flew my mom to Orlando to bring her to SeaWorld 
because she didn't know what it felt like to rest. And my mom was like a fish out of water at, at SeaWorld. Like she's looking for something to do and everything. But all it was, mom, just enjoy your time. You just rested, mom. You put some good time in. Just rest. Flew my sisters up to Orlando to come and rest because we're redeeming the time. And redeem the time. We're redeem the time. Redeem the time. That was one of my greatest issues when I played uh, uh, basketball was we never took time to celebrate victories. Um, you could win a championship or win a big game. And when they interview you or ask you about it, the first thing you do is say, well, we're not going to get complacent. We got to prepare for the next game. We never took time to rejoice over the present because we were always working hard toward the future. And I learned a lesson there. I learned a lesson that it's critical to take time to rest and rejoice over the present and over what God's done in the past. And I realized that when you do that, you get fueled for what's next in the future. I've watched people win championships in professional sports. And the first thing they do is they say, listen, uh, Yes, we worked real hard for this, but man, we're going to do it again next year. It's like, man, take time and enjoy the moment. Everyone listening right now, look how old you are. You're only going to be that age one time. Rejoice over it. Celebrate it. Thank God for it. Your kids are only going to be that age one time. Enjoy it. Your spouse is going to only be that age one time. Enjoy it. Enjoy life. Enjoy the life that God has given you. And spend it with one another. Go get some ice cream. And I know there's people listening that you work two jobs. I'm going to ask you to find, find a spot to rest while you're working. You, you, you do not have to uh, work uh, life shouldn't be work. Work should be used to enjoy life. Y your whole life shouldn't be work. Your life should be to glorify God. And, and you glorify God in your relationships. You really do. Invest in your relationships. Could you imagine how peaceful this world would be if if the if the amount of energy they put into their job, they put it into their relationships. The amount of energy that they put in their job, if they put it into their marriage, I promise you we'd have less, less divorces. The amount of energy that they put into their job, that they put it into fatherhood, motherhood, I promise you, we, we the world would be a better place. But um, with all the blessings uh, that the industrial revolution and um, all the uh, opportunities that have come from the innovation that's in the world uh, in America, the family has suffered. The family has suffered as a byproduct of it because no one's emphasizing 
that to be a good mom or to be a good dad or be a good husband, be a good wife, that that is also successful. That, my friend, is a success. Let me talk to the moms that maybe stay at home, having to do homeschool, spend a lot of your time at home, and you're not able to work on your career uh, as you would like right now. But let me tell you, you being a good mom is a is a success. You are a success because the world needs more good moms. Those that dad who isn't making as much because if you made more, you would never be home for months. So you're actually making less just so you can spend time with your family. Can I tell you, sir, you are a success. You are a success. And I honor you. I honor you on this podcast today. When we traveled evangelizing, we could have made a bunch more if we just traveled every day and everything like that. But I don't want to lose my family. As a matter of fact, um, it wasn't popular at the time. But when we traveled, I traveled always with my wife and with my son. 95% of my schedule, my wife and son were with me. Many times we would, I would have to cover my wife's ticket. Many times I'd have to cover my son's ticket. But you're not losing money when you have family. To have your family is priceless. We could have just had just me travel and everything like that, and it could have just, man, it could have been great, but at the expense of being distant from my wife and from my son. And I believe my greatest uh, uh, success one of my greatest accomplishments in uh, almost 15 years of ministry is um, making sure my family was involved, making sure my family was a part, making sure I spent time with family. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm asking you to rest. I, I hope you're listening to this podcast while you're on the way to a vacation. I hope you're listening to this podcast while you're planning a vacation. But it's biblical. Just as anything else that I have preached and anything else that I've done, rest is just as biblical. And I want you to take that time with your family to rest. There's a time to where Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I must work the works of him that has sent me while it is day for night cometh when no man can work. And, and those are important times. And I live with that urgency. If I were to, if I were to tell you the type of urgency that I live with, it, it would, it would probably scare you, but I'm balanced because there's that time where it's my, my will is to do the, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And then there's that time to come apart into the desert and rest a while. And that is a balanced life. And that rest is going to contribute to the health of your ministry, the health of your work. Some of you, there's been uh, sicknesses. You've been getting sick a little bit more often. And it's been because you've been pushing yourself and not taking some time for rest. Rest and watch how your body rejuvenates. Get some rest. Watch how your body recovers. It's biblical. 
God rested on the seventh day, not because he needed to, but he wanted to show us an example. When they didn't keep the Sabbath, the land Sabbaths, they were, were cast into captivity. And he said, remember how you were a servant to the Egyptians. They, they didn't have rest. You don't have rest when you're in bondage. If, if you're not resting and you're working all the time, it's almost like you're living in bondage to your job. Rest is when you get to choose and say, you know what? I'm going to rest this day. I, I hope that this helps somebody. I love and appreciate y'all, but I, I, I feel rest coming upon you right now as I'm speaking. I feel peace coming upon you right now. God's going to take care of you. God's going to take care of the bills. God's going to take care of the job. God's going to take care of the promotion. He's going to take care of the house. And rest is a reminder that he is God. Rest is an opportunity of remembering. Remember all the good that God's done to you. He's never, he's never failed you. He's never had you lacking. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. Rest today. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.